Welcome to the Pope on Film. I am Bunny Williams, and with me is I am the Pope in question. My name is May Lynn. I am the founder of the Church of Ed Wood, which is an actual thing worth a Google. It is episode 436 of the podcast, uh, Take Two. We tried it last week. We had some sound issues. Now we are back and ready to go. Yes. Very excited for this episode. We're going to be talking about professional wrestling and serial killers and the Geico Cavemen. Yes. Okay. And the Statler Brothers. I, I, I and... heard something recently about the Geico Caveman, and I don't remember what it is, but it was cool. Okay. okay. Uh, Bunny, uh, before we start, you know, we're, you and I are close, you know? Yes. We're, we're, we're very good friends. We, we, we know each other really well. What, what I'm trying to say is, if you were an alien gorilla, yes, you would tell me, right? Depends You're... on the oath I had to give to my my simian overlords. Okay, it, there was a bit of silence before you decided to answer, which makes me a bit nervous. Yeah, it's a big yikes, isn't it? It's a yikes. That's okay. Yeah, Mal says that's a big red flag. <laughs> big red flag, but that's okay. Uh, very. Ex- I haven't. I haven't gotten the most sleep. Uh, Na- Natasha and I stayed up until like three thirty in the morning, just yeah, enjoying each other's company and and uh uh. You know, we're we're really we're awesome. Yeah. So I'm a little I'm a little bit tired, but thankfully I wrote all of this last week. So I'll just be. So that's good, buddy. Oh yeah. oh oh! I I can't be that loud. Amber's working from home today from twelve to six. Oh. So way to ruin the podcast but i do i'm this is the first time that i've ever i'm ever doing this podcast from my iphone so maybe if this podcast behaves maybe later we could do the podcast outside possibly so yes so that's that's a possibility so let's just behave and do the show funny yes I want to talk about professional wrestling for a while here at the top of the show because the world of professional wrestling has undergone a seismic transformation lately. The main story is Vince McMahon is out at the WWE and his daughter Stephanie is now co-CEO yes. with, with Nick Khan, the man primarily responsible for for the intense layoffs in WWE over the past few years. The, the man primarily believed to be responsible for the intense layoffs in WWE over the past few years. Uh, Not to be confused with AEW president Tony Khan. Okay. So there's two cons. 
There's there, two there cons. are a lot of cons in wrestling. There always have been. Yeah. Yeah. And Stephanie, as the co-CEO, has put her husband, Triple H, in charge of creative, which has actually gotten a lot of laugh, laps wrestling fans excited for wrestling again. Really? Yeah. A lot of people who have just uh, sort of been professional WWE haters for a very long time are, are suddenly saying, oh, well, Triple H is now, you know, the head of creative and the head of storylines. And so, hey, maybe storylines will actually make sense. Maybe I should watch again. And so the ratings are going up a little bit. Uh, fun fact, since the 1980s, the majority of creative, the, the writing, who gets pushed, who gets buried, all of that went through the hands of a 76-year-old out-of-touch billionaire. And as we now know, executive sexual harasser. Yes. Yes. Whose wife, whose wife was a legit member of the Trump administration. Go figure. Yeah. So when female wrestlers were being forced to have brawn panty matches and crawl on all fours in the middle of a ring like a dog, oh, Vince McMahon. When Kurt Angle became sexually obsessed with Booker T's wife and compared her to an animal, Trump supporter Vincent K. McMahon. Yes. When the Black Lives Matter protests were happening and suddenly the WWE debuted a faction called Retribution, they were young wrestlers dressed all in black who would show up, break equipment, set things on fire, property damage. Their gimmick was they were destroying the WWE as a form of protest because according to Wikipedia, quote, perceived unfair treatment. Oh, did a 70-something sexual abusing billionaire Republican with ties to the Trump administration debut a Black Lives Matter mocking wrestling faction in the wake of the George Floyd protests? So now that Vince McMahon is out of WWE, the, the belief is that, hey, things might actually not suck. I, I don't know. I just kind of picture this more like... Oh, I don't know. We'll have, you know, Randy Orton fight Rey Mysterio, winner Triple H. Uh, we'll have Kurt Angle wrestling. I, I have no idea anymore. Uh, name a wrestler. Um, yeah, it's hard when the pressure is on. Haystacks Calhoun. Haystacks Calhoun, winner. Triple H. That's yeah. kind of how I picture it going. Yeah, that's always been my fear. But basically, anyone being head of creative that's not uh, an out-of-touch billionaire has to be an improvement, you know? Yeah. That's the way that I see it. So, yeah, this is this is universally being seen as, hey, maybe things will stop sucking ass now. I've come close to actually still, watching an you know, episode or two recently. Can hiring his son-in-law really be that much better? Uh, well, see, he was in charge of. I mean, we're talking about the... we're talking about what you're saying here 
is that you feel better if Jared Kushner is taking care of it. Yeah, but he, here's the thing is that Triple H was in charge of the secondary brand NXT and he and uh NXT was great. And so people are seeing you know Raw and SmackDown now as being well if it's even like half as good as NXT was then that can only be a positive. You oh, know? Okay. Uh, hey, Max, I'm doing the podcast from my phone today. Isn't that exciting? Yeah, if the podcast is good, we might do podcast outside later. So I can do that because I'm on my phone. How was spending the night at Jaden's? You good? Yeah. Yeah? I you... mean, I did get my fingernail off. Or my fingernail off. Or, uh... Part of your fingernail got ripped off? Well, you never uh, cut. Your fingernails never get cut, and so you've got Wolverine claws. And it's, it's, having long fingernails can be awesome, but also that means that they sometimes snap off. Yeah, so that's that's a negative part of that. So, yeah, I, it, I've hated the WWE for a very long time, as anyone who has heard this podcast before knows. And even I have thought of watching uh, an episode or two lately. So, you know, how many times have we shit on the WWE on this podcast? You know? Often. Often. Yeah. So, just the fact that, like, oh my god, Vince McMahon is out. That... Uh, and, uh, another thing that makes a Triple H run a Triple H run WWE so enticing is you know it's the small things like Vince McMahon had a well known hard on for big buff dudes yes you know 6 foot 8, 6 foot 10 350 pounds uh, tall buff wrestlers and a lot of times it didn't even matter if they could wrestle or talk on a mic or have charisma as long as they were just buff and really tall, you know? The Great Khali, Nathan Jones, uh, Amoth, the Masterpiece Chris Masters, Giant Gonzalez, Giant Silva, Ezekiel Jackson, Hulk Hogan, for Christ's sake. Yeah. What's the most complicated move he ever did? A leg drop. So... Vince McMahon hated putting Daniel Bryan over because despite being a massive fan favorite, he was like five foot ten. And that was a Vince McMahon no no. Oh man. And, and and that's that was really sad. That like, oh, I'm gonna force you to be in a comedy tag team to bury you because you were getting too popular. But back in the back in the like late eighties, early nineties, wasn't Vince McMahon also accused of like sexual harassment of the male wrestlers as well? Yes, yes, that's something that people nowadays, uh, I think, have forgotten. But yeah, that was always the the rumor was that you did things for Vince McMahon to get yourself. Pushed. Yeah. 
in the WWE was always the rumor that I had heard. So now with someone else in charge, maybe normal-sized people will get a push for once, like Ricochet. Well, I think it had okay. come out. I think it had come out when the when when the organization was being investigated for steroids or some shit like that. Steroids. Yep. Vince McMahon has because I remember uh, there was an actual court case. Yeah. And the sexual harassment wasn't really like it wasn't about that, but it like kind of came up at that time. Yeah. Yeah. So, so maybe normal-sized people will get like a push for once, like Ricochet, aka Lucha Underground's Prince Puma. Yes, he's one of the he's one of the best wrestlers out there in the WWE. Have just been sitting on him, and I think that that's a crime yeah. because he's an incredible wrestler. Ah, but he's a short, incredible wrestler. So we're not giving him a push, and so it, uh, so. It, the the general consensus is that uh, good times are ahead for the WWE, but ultimately, though Vince McMahon leaving the WWE, well, I will, I believe in the long run, really spell bad news for AEW, <coughs> All Elite Wrestling, the WWE's main competition, because they have been gaining. One of the footholds that AEW has had is that they have been gaining new wrestlers who are fleeing the toxicity of the WWE. And the rumor mill is now saying that a well, lot of... AEW and again, that's the same thing that happened with the WCW. Yep. And how they got a lot of the wrestlers off of WWE. Yeah. But now that the, now that the toxicity of the WWE is getting better because the 76-year-old out-of-touch billionaire and executive sexual harasser whose wife was a legitimate member of the Trump administration, now that he's gone, the rumor mill is saying a lot of AEW talent kind of want to go back to WWE now, and that could really spell danger for AEW in the long run, you know? Yeah. And that's a shame. There's also the very sad but true fact that AEW's ratings are really low right now they're not doing the best ratings and so weren't they weren't they I, kicking ass like the last time we talked about it i thought they were doing really well they were they were but the difficult part is that aew is on tnt and so a lot of times aew just keeps getting pushed aside for the nba for this other sporting thing for this important thing that's happening so a lot of times AEW gets moved to like, oh, AEW uh, is on a Monday this week. Oh, A and AEW is on a Thursday this week. So it's kind of getting bumped around, and I don't think that that's been helping in the ratings. Yeah. Personally, <coughs> I feel like what AEW should do to separate itself from the WWE is to really push their homegrown stars because they have a lot of wrestlers that are pretty big that they created yeah. that the competition doesn't have like orange cassidy who we've discussed on this podcast before he's the one who does yes. the flurry of kicks and wrestles most of the time with his hands in his pockets i love orange cassidy uh there's hook i really like him he's kind of like uh 
like a small, younger Goldberg. He barely talks. He just shows up. He kicks ass. He wins a match. He leaves. I freaking love Book. Uh, Darby Allen. He's kind of like a, like a, like a, like a alt skater. Jeff Hardy. Dan Housen. Jungle Boy. I really like Jungle Boy. And of course, Dan Housen, whom we love in this family. Dan Housen is amazing. And uh, he, he has a place in my heart. Basically, Dan Housen is a professional wrestler version of the silly bad guy in a kid's cartoon. Like, he's Dr. Doofenshmirtz from Phineas and Ferb. And he shows up, Hello, I am Danhausen, and I curse you! And it, 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 I, I freaking love him so much. I tweeted about him yesterday, and he liked my tweet. This, yeah. is the first, this is the first professional wrestler to like a tweet of mine since Marty the Moth Martinez. Oh no, Marty the like, Moth. Like the Lucha Underground tweet that I did. So I'm happy with that. But with the ratings. As long now, as that's eight, as far as it went. <laughs> yeah, that's as far as it went. But with the ratings down, AEW is leaning heavily on the well known names that they have. So, okay, so you turn on AEW and instead of pushing the. Uh, original talent they have, you see Chris Jericho and CM Punk and Christian and John Moxley and FTR and and that it so it worries me that AEW will just shrink into another TNA and that sucks. Yeah, but it 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 is exciting times for the world of professional wrestling. Uh, there were. It, a, a week or two ago, uh, Donald Trump made his way into the Vince McMahon drama. Okay. Let oh, yes, yes, I yes, can... yes. Yeah, because uh, Donald Trump was uh, in the main event of one of the WrestleManias, and then he showed up again. And so Vince, Vince Mc... the WWE paid Donald Trump, but then the WWE made, with finger quotes, a charitable donation to yes. the Trump Foundation, which was their way of paying Trump, but getting a tax break because, oh, look at us donating money to an organization, give us a tax write-off, and then Trump accepted that money and put it in his pocket as a way of saying, ha ha, this will get taxed less than if I just get a payday. Yeah. So there's a possibility that might be illegal. I don't know. I'm just ha happy to have finally seen a horrible person like Vince McMahon get taken down a peg. Yes. Because he oh, deserves God, yes. it. He absolutely deserves it. And so uh, proud I am of all of that. Uh, so that's really it for uh, professional wrestling. I, I might I might actually like catch a raw or a smackdown. Oh, is everything okay? 
Yeah, Jeannie's just not feeling well. Oh my god, does she have the Rona? Uh, no, not this time. Okay. Fired. Oh no! Oh, those SOBs. Man, Bunny's going to have to sell himself again. Again, yeah. Bunny hit those streets. You just take what your so mama So if you'd like to support the show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Drop me a DM. So, so that's it. For uh, the opening, I just wanted to talk about the WWE. It's really exciting what's going on. Yeah. If you want, if you want, Bunny, we can transition into one of our uh, most beloved segments: running the clock. Running the clock. That that sounds like a good plan. Yeah. Let's let's run the clock out. How much time do we have? I'm doing it on my phone. It's not telling me the. We're not at 10 minutes, at a 10-minute Zoom warning yet. We haven't we? gotten to the warning yet, no. Okay. Well, then, uh, cut I, on. I, We may have, like, another 15 minutes. Wow, awesome. Okay. Uh, well, cut on the WWE talk, and now it's time for our uh, newish segment, uh, running, out, running Out the Meter. Running Out the Meter. Running out the meter with Bunny and Maylin. Uh, so uh, I will not rest until Jeannie is, uh, until I get my revenge for what they did to Jeannie. Okay, good. So I'm going to, once this podcast is done, I'm going to go into a training montage. Because that's, that's how I'm going to get prepared. I'm going to be doing like the crane kick. Yeah. On the beach. Oh, and uh, slow motion running. Slow motion running. Yeah. Th those are the two. Those are the two main things that I'm going to be doing. Uh, I, I saw a movie recently, a newish movie, and it would be my number one favorite movie of the year if it wasn't for the beauty of everything everywhere all at once uh it's a british british sci-fi comedy not really sci-fi but it's called brian and charles okay and i absolutely love it i really? absolutely love it yes it's just about this guy and he's really lonely and he you know builds bizarre things in his shed and one day he tries to build a robot and it actually is super successful and it the robot names himself Charles Petrescu. And it's just so funny and cute and sweet. It feels like a like a bizarre British attempt at a at a sort at, at a subtle Christopher Guest movie. Okay. And, and it's really adorable. It, it is such a cute little film, and I am absolutely in love with it. It would be my number one favorite movie of the year if it wasn't for Everything Everywhere All at Once, which is the best movie of the year. 
Yeah. In my mind and in my heart. And I saw it four and a half times in theaters now, which was important to me because I needed to see it more times than I saw cats in theaters. So I saw cats four times and I saw everything everywhere all at once four and a half times. So that's how, how half a time? Uh, halfway through the movie, halfway through the movie, uh, the power went out. Oh. Because of a tornado. A tornadic activity. It's such a nice day. I'm going to do podcasts outside. It's such a it's such a nice day. Okay, we're outside now. It is a right pretty day. Uh, I had I cats behind me. I saw I saw Prey. It was on Hulu. I've I, got uh, it. I've got a copy of it, but I haven't seen it yet. I want to. I was. I. I'm okay with it. I mean, it's a Predator movie. I'm not a big yeah. Predator fan. It had, Neither am I. You know, taking it in a new setting is interesting. I'm okay with that. I don't see how you're taking out a Predator with a tomahawk, though. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have a problem with that. Now, now... As far as I understand, predators are like this is their sport. You know, this yeah. is not a invasion kind of thing. They like it. You, your picture just let there you back. Okay, hi, hi. Yeah. They like it. They it do all- it. They do it for sport. They do it to relax. They they are a planet of Donald Trump Juniors. <laughs> okay, yeah. And that was my impression of prey, and in the a bigger sense, the Predator franchise. Okay, yeah. so like, it's a sports sport. And these aliens are very sportsmanlike, as yeah. they have been depicted before. So, you know, you have a predator, you have a predator who's really proud of his sporting ability, you know, and he really wants to challenge himself. So, yeah. go after the Earth's toughest warrior Arnold Schwarzenegger trained mercenary with the best equipment that money can buy go hunt that guy okay so basically we got the same kind of character fighting each other you know both yeah they have the equipment, they have the technology, they're both skilled hunters, basically. You know, fine. Then have the invisibility cloak and things like that, all the other shit. But if you're on the budget expedition, you know, you can't go after... 
you know, it's like it's like going to hunt grizzly bear or going to hunt rabbits. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I get that. So in Prey, he was going to hunt rabbits. Basically, people who were just living their lives, we just got the 10-minute warning. People okay. who were just about their business, living their lives, yes, they could fight when they had to, but that's not like all they did, you know? That wasn't yep. their life. And they had no technology. You know, so all they have for weapons is basically rocks and sticks. Yeah. You know. So for our predator in this movie to have all of the gear, this seems like really, really bad sportsmanship to me. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah, know? I get that. We're we're running out the meter. Now Yeah, I get that. Had that predator Landed on Earth, ripped all of its clothes off, and put on a loincloth. Now we're talking something. Yeah. Okay. Now you're yeah. even evening the odds. Now it's a sport. But yeah, that's Bray a good was point. really more like, let's shoot rabbits for fun. Yeah. You know? I've never, I've never cared too much about the Predator franchise, like ever. Yeah, either one of them, that or Aliens, which they're like fucking intertwined. But yeah. like the first, the the first Predator movie was a good movie, or an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Yeah, you yeah. know, I mean, like that's the best I could say about it. It was like. Yeah, it was a pretty good Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. The first two aliens were very good. Yes. I thought. And then right after that, yes. I like I just didn't care anymore. Mm. What, you weren't a huge fan of Prometheus? No. <laughs> yeah, what a shame. So I've been on estrogen and a testosterone blocker for uh, tomorrow will be nine weeks. Great. How is that going? What is uh, the update? Well, uh, next month I will be having another meeting with my uh, gender affirming uh, specialist. Yeah. And they said that they expect... At, everything to be fine enough for them to up my dosage of both of the medications. So that's good. So by this time next month, I'll probably be taking, taking even more estrogen and uh, even more of a testosterone blocker. Everything's pretty good. I'm hungry all of the time, but I've been uh, trying to eat healthy and I've been working out. I have been a lot in Jogging? fact i i there is or a just walking yeah there's a 5k uh walking slash jogging 
there is a 5K race that is happening in, in my town in the beginning of October, and I think I'm going to be in it. I'm pretty sure I'm going to run in a race. You really want to do that? I absolutely do. I have to combat the estrogen. It makes me want to eat all of the time. And I already oh, lost it? so much weight. I already lost so much weight that I, I my body just because I'm growing two new body parts right here on my chest. Yeah. And so I'm eating constantly and I, I I'm trying to work out and and walk and jog and be healthy in order to combat that. I can feel I can see myself getting heavier. And I don't like that. I can tell you that all of my equipment still works. Hooray! I'm I'm just afraid Everything of thing is working. I'm I'm just afraid of you turning into your dad. Yeah, that's what I told my my wife. I said I want to run in this race, but let's just forget I ever had a father. You're until this race. You're breaking done. up a lot. Huh. Okay. You're like let lagging out a lot. Let me try and move. Yeah. Let me try moving somewhere else. Maybe that will help. Uh, uh just a lot of lag. Uh hey, I've got an idea. Okay. How's how is how is it now? Everything good? Well, we'll have to give it a try when you settle down. That was kind of creepy, okay. though. You were going through some really dark places. Suddenly, we were in, in like a, a haunt. <laughs> yeah. And it's getting to be haunt season. Yeah, it is. But, I, bet, I bet Bruce Noble's happy. Yeah. We're going to cut out soon. I don't know how long, but... Uh, how many movies do we have left? Two. Two. Two movies left. Two. We've got the big, we've got the big budget Songbird, and then we've got the final one, Virus Shark. Virus Shark. Yeah, really excited about Virus Shark. So those are the two that we have left, Songbird and then Virus Shark. Okay. And then we will be done with our summer of COVID exploitation. Yes. So excited about that. Well, okay. And then, so, and then uh, I have two movies picked. And for... I will surprise you later. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Well, cool, from cool, my, it's, cool. it would still be my birthday month. Well, not quite yet, but. Yeah, no, no, no. You. You you can absolutely take over once we're done with these two COVID exploitation movies. <laughs> it, this has been a difficult summer. It has been a rough summer. It has, but but not this week. This week's movie is freaking awesome. Yes, I love. Oh, this I'm, week's I'm movie. glad you agree. I wasn't sure from. Your response, and it was funny because this is the one that I was most afraid of walking into. Yeah. Out of all of them, I, I 
looked at the trailer and I really wasn't picking up comedy off of it, you know, and, you know, it, I could see that it was trying to be out there, so, like, and everything we've watched has just been so, so bad. Absolutely That I horrible. was like, I was like, okay. They're either going zany comedy or they're going, like, horrific weird. Yeah. But either way, they're not going to do it good. So, like, this is going to just suck. And I was very yeah. happily surprised. Yeah, it was good. It was good. I'm excited to talk about it. I'm excited to to be able to discuss Ram Ranch on our podcast. Okay, great, because I don't know what the fuck that is. Okay, I absolutely do, because of uh, Game Grumps. So, I can absolutely... We're going to talk about Ram Ranch in the uh, later in the podcast. So, that's yeah. going to be good. And we're going to be talking about the Statler Brothers. And These... the Geico Cavemen. Yes, yes. Was it yeah. this movie? Did I read up on I I might have. I actually left this movie a good fucking IMDB comment, and I have never done that. Good. Like, ever. Good. I gave yeah, it a, I, And I might have read it there. Probably, but, yeah. But yeah, I gave it a 7 out of 10. I thought that was more than fair. But we'll get into it because it's it's definitely not perfect. Uh yeah. Why don't we just re reload it? I mean, okay. we don't have to run out the clock. No, we don't have to. Yeah. So uh we're gonna take a short break, and then after that, we're gonna be going into Steve's historic approximations. I have a story about a serial killer, and it is I'm not exactly sure why it's so funny. Yeah. Oh, and it just cut. How about that? Hey, guy. I think Social Security should be uh, privatized. You can't go to a supermarket without being accosted by a homeless guy. Democrats and liberals attack viciously. I will take over store time. Not if I have anything to say about it, Skeletor. We will fight to the death. Or, gentlemen, may I suggest a second option? What if we all enjoy the great taste of sugar crisp? Can't get enough of that sugar crisp, sugar crisp, sugar crisp.
right. And we're back with more of the Pope on film. Bunny! Yes? If you're like me, you're no doubt a big fan of this podcast, the Pope on film. I mean, who isn't a big fan? It's sweeping the nation. But uh, only the real fans, the true hardcore fans, the ride-or-die fans who have been with us since the beginning when we were just a zine. Yes. Uh, The official zine of uh, Borders, Books, and Music. Yes. Uh, that, That wasn't very successful. The the people who have been with us since the beginning, they would know two two facts about us, two undeniably really real and in no way made up on the spot facts about the both of us, Bunny and Mei Lin. First off is the fact that when you aren't doing the podcast, Bunny, you are a a celebrated, a celebrated hip hop street dancer. What made you? want to become a hip-hop street dancer well first you know celebrated you know i i kind of have to reject that i mean i'm just bunny from the streets you know same dude i've always been uh i i had a really bad fall on some ice uh and and it's you know and there's nowhere to land but more concrete when you're walking in the, on when you slip on the ice in the streets, you know, you're just trying yeah. to not hit your head on the curb. So I had managed not to completely fall, but went through just wild movements in trying to save myself. From cracking my head on the curb and one thing led to another you know I was spotted by some guys they asked me to come to this competition they they thought I actually like did these moves all the time and I didn't so now I have to duplicate it in front of people and luckily I was able to do it uh Go figure. Yeah, yeah. It, it what a crazy random happenstance. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And the second fact, which is about me, is that I'm a lover of history. What I was love it? it. What was also, that Saturday Night Live bit? The Jay Z story. Yes, with Mike O'Brien. Yes, Jay-Z. I love that so much. And we did we did that for the show too. Yes, that's yeah, we did. Yeah, I love that skit. And the second fact, which is about me, is that I'm a lover of history. I love it. But I'm also a storyteller. So this is the part of the show where I get a story from from the history books, maybe one that people don't know that well, and reword it via my own unique storytelling style. And that's what this is. It's time once again for another educational educational installment of Steve's Historic Approximations. <laughs> You okay? <laughs> Are you choking? Are you choking? Ah. You good? Dun dun dun! Oof, you scared me, Bunny. 
or chef, as I like to call it repeatedly, annoyingly, whether anyone really wants me to or not. Now, personally, I like the name chef. It's simple, short and simple. And as much as I like the movie, uh, obviously, whose idea was it to make a movie with Patrick Swayze, Wesley Snipes, John Leguizamo, Chris Penn, RuPaul, and call it Two Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar? That's too long of a movie title. Yes. Too long. It needs to be short and simple. Like, chap. That's simple. Yes. Keith's Historic Approximations, the podcast segment. That's too long. That's why That's why Shap is there. That is why Shap is right there. And especially, and- even, even at that point, it had been years since I had heard the name of Julie Newmore spoken out loud. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, you really do have me with the title. Yeah. Yeah. I love that movie. I'm, I'm iffy with it. Forever. I'm iffy with it. I, I kind of like it overall. Yeah. But... The can except for John Leguizamo, the casting kind of pisses me off. Wesley Snipes and Patrick Swayze are too into them macho bullshit to give it over to the role. Yes, okay, I can agree with that. John Leguizamo, he goes, he goes all in. Those two look like they are play acting. You know, they're yeah. not doing their job. You know, they're 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 not being very good actors. They're not giving yeah. themselves over to the role. Miss Chi Chi yeah. did, yes. Yes. Anywho, this week on the old Chappity Shap Chap, we will be discussing the legendary real-life Chinese serial killer who was sentenced to death, pause for effect in parentheses, and his famous movie star dogs, second pause for effect in parentheses, who were also sentenced to death. Bunny, do you need me to run that by you again? I do think I could use one more time. Okay, we will be discussing the Chinese serial killer who was sentenced to death and his famous movie star dogs who were also sentenced to death. Okay. Absolutely true story. Bizarre, and I love it. Now, a lot of people go gaga over serial killers. There are fandoms out there. I've never been one of those people. But I dare say, if you see someone heavily into rockabilly or someone with tattoo sleeves, the odds are pretty good that they could tell you a lot about H.H. Holmes or Richard Ramirez. I like to know who all of the serial killers are. I enjoyed the period of my life that I explored serial killers. Not into serial killers and like that dive into the shallow end is more than enough for me. You know what I mean? Because what I wound up finding is just pretty much any one of them 
They're pathetic. Yeah. They're they're just yeah. pathetic. Oh. You know, and I just can't I just can't watch that much of that. Like really? Je- like Jeffrey Zomber is trying to turn somebody into a zombie so that they never leave him. Like Okay, Batman. get him a real doll, or like, like that. Is, that is like, <laughs> that is like beyond pathetic. Like, okay, so yeah. that's why you're killing people. Yeah, yeah. Now, yes, fictional. And this is an overall theory of mine. Okay. Yeah. Just like Nazis. Okay. Nazis, okay. when you actually get into Nazis, are completely. Fucking pathetic. Yeah. And disgusting. Yeah. But movie serial killers or movie Nazis. Yes. Cool as fucking shit. Yes, absolutely. How the hell do you beat none of these real serial killers? Hold a candle to fucking Hannibal Lecter. Yep. That's what a other, killer. Uh, but I dare say that if you're into rockabilly, there's a good chance that you also it it it's a safe it's safe to assume that that person knows a lot about Charles Chuck Manson. Yeah. Or uh, come on, Eileen Wernos or the Zodiac Killer. What it, housewives do. Housewives also know a lot about serial killers because true yes. crime podcasts are a big thing. What other uh, groups might know a lot about serial killers? Uh, Hot Topic employees? Yes. I can't think of any others, but because we're ignorant... Any, any emo. Any emo. Most yeah. goths in general. Yeah. And I'm not sure why, but also Alanis Morissette. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But because we're ignorant Americans, we usually just focus on American serial killers. But there are other countries who have serial killers too. I've always personally been fascinated by Fred and Rose West, the married couple who killed at least twelve people. Their stories super fucked up. Uh, I. It, I like the, uh, and then of course, uh, it, it, I'm not going to get into Fred and Rose West because that would be an Elmer McCurdy sized show. I'm, I'm not familiar with them. Oh, uh, look them up on Wikipedia. Even just reading the Wikipedia page for them is fucked up. Yeah. Really fucked up. I, I, I'm assuming that there have been serial killers in Canada, but I like the idea of like a really polite, Canadian serial killer. Yeah. Hey, so uh, if it's all right with you, uh, I'm gonna kill you now. <laughs> okay. Okay, that's fine. Can I, can I get a Molson's before we uh before you kill me? Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> so the serial killer in question for today's shaft was named Chang Pang. He was born into privilege. He had money, but he had a bit of an I can do whatever I want sort of 
American Psycho meets Me You Madness thing going on. Side note, remember Me You Madness, buddy? Yes. Holy shit. That was the, the form- Steve Mnuchin one, right? Yep. Yeah. Former Secretary of State Steve Mnuchin's wife made a film in 2021, and it is the absolute worst. Her name is Louise Linton, and the movie is so fucking bad. So, Cheng Peng started hanging with the wrong crowd. His parents hated that. Cheng started a thieving, and he got arrested, and his rich father was all like, yeah, I can afford to bail you out, but I won't. Learn a lesson, son. And so Chengy did time in labor. I'm going to call Cheng Peng Chengy for the rest of this shaft. Yeah. I just like how it sounds. So Chengy did time in a labor prison. He gets out and his rich ass dad goes, hey, Chengy, you need to like straighten your, your act out. So uh, I've arranged a marriage for you. And boom, Chengy's married. And the belief is, ha, you're married and your wife will be around and your wife will be able to make sure that you're on the straight and narrow. But she's always away at work, which means our boy Chengy is always alone and uh, that's a no good. Yeah. With Italian hand gestures. If you're just listening to this on uh, Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, you're not seeing the Italian hand gestures. So just know that's a spicy meatball is what I'm doing. So Chengy meets another woman and they start doing it. But Chengy's worried that his wife will find out. So one day he gets a big ass pipe and hits her dead and then dismembers her and buries the pieces in the backyard like you do. So that was victim number one. There would be five more victims. Sometimes he'd kill them and bury the bodies. Sometimes he'd dismember and bury the parts. Sometimes he'd do it alone. Sometimes he would do it with a gang he formed, and they would thieve and steal firearms, and occasionally they'd help him kill this gang. With finger quotes, gang. They didn't have a name. I'm going to go ahead and call them the Friendship Bunch. I think that's a good name. For a gang of thieves and murderers. The Giggle Fits. The Giggle Fits. The Super Friends. Yeah. The Get Along <laughs> Gang. That was a real cartoon from 1984, and I loved it. The Get Along Gang. I'm still kind of stuck on the spicy meatball. I, I, I'm spicy kind meatball. of a, I'm kind of amazed that a catchphrase from an early 70s commercial popular commercial but that that phrase is still around to to now that's some long fucking jevity and i find it even more fascinating that it's kind of a natural go-to thing to say even though a lot of people now probably have no idea where it came no idea. from. No idea. Yeah. I, it, it, vaguely related to what you just said, there was a time in the 90s and 2000s where people who had never seen a single episode of Kids in the Hall would still go, I'm squishing your head. Yes. Squish, squish. And, yeah. and, 
and they had never seen kids in the hall, but that just became so popular that everyone did it. Just like, just like I am convinced a hundred years from now, if we are still here, people will still be saying, turn it up to 11 and have yep. no idea no clue. what Spinal Tap even is. Yeah. Not at all. Isn't that something? I find that, that really fascinating. These things that just like kind of sneak into the language. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So, Chinese serial killer, six victims. That's an okay chap right there. The, this Chinese serial killer. And, and, it, was, and it was an Alka-Seltzer commercial, by the way. Oh, that's a spicy meatball. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was, yeah, it was an Italian. The commercial was, it was an Italian family, but they were shooting a commercial for the sauce and the, the, spi the spicy meatball. And he had to be doing it take after take after take after take. And he kept saying, that's a spicy meatball. That's a spicy meatball. That's a... And he was just getting sicker and sicker from eating all the fucking meatballs. Yeah. And he like needed Alka-Seltzer. It's like uh, uh, Lucille Ball with Vegemite of Vegemin or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And she keeps getting drunk from the thing. So Chinese serial killer, six victims. That's a that's a okay chap. That's a fine chap. That's a decent chap. But what puts it over the edge is what happens between victims five and six. That puts this chap over the top. That puts this chap at 11. Yes. So Chengy's got a gang now, the Get Along Gang, and they need money. They need more money. And Chengy hears from someone, hey, you know what makes good money? Dog breeding, dog training. That makes a ton of money. So Chengy gets like 20 to 30 dogs. And in between murdering, he has himself a successful business training dogs. Okay. So uh, put a pin on that. Put a pin on Cheng Peng. The Pope on Film Podcast, keeping the pin industry alive. Put yes. a pin on Chengy, because let's talk movies. Okay. It's 1993 in China, and director Xi Jin is working on a big-time prestige drama called An Old Man and His Dog. It's uh, a film set in rural China. It exposes the status quo issues in China, and in particular, the plight of lonely elderly people. Real award bait drama, big time prestige film. If this was an American film, we would call it Oscar bait. I don't know what you would call it in China. Yeah. Chinese Oscar bait. But... Uh, Big time prestige film here, and eventually they nab an actor to play the old man, an actor named Tian Zi. <laughs> but the dog has to be perfect. Can't just get any dog from the street. It has to be the perfect right dog. And there's open calls for dogs to star in it. There's uh, auditions. But the director is mad picky. No, no, no. The dog is at the center of the film. The drama, the it, it all, the sadness, it all rests on this old man and his dog. This dog has to be perfect. 
and then someone else comes to him, well, hey, Mr. Director, I do have an option. Apparently, there's a guy in town, and he trains dogs. So the director goes on down to uh, visit the get-along gang, the Giggle Fits. Mr. Pang, we want four of your dogs to star in our film. We will pay you handsomely. What do you say? And our boy Changi goes, hmm. Only if I get a part in this movie. Okay. And that is how a legitimate serial killer and his dogs were featured on screen in a Chinese drama. This yes. murderer's dogs starred in the film, whereas Changi himself was cast as the star's body double. So in the 1993 Chinese film, An Old Man and His Dog, whenever you see the star from behind, like riding a horse, that's a serial killer. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I'm about to kill my sixth victim, but first, I'm wanted on the set. <laughs> Sure, the son of Sam killed a bunch of people, but was he also in the outlaw Josie Wales? No, but there no. was. But there was a serial killer whose name escapes me, who was a contestant on the dating game. That is true. I I think it was it uh that handsome one that everybody loves. Might have been Bundy. You think you think it's yeah. Bundy? Yeah. He's considered handsome. He, he looks weird to me. Yeah. Then there's then there was that time that uh, John Wayne Gacy was in Annie Hall. Yeah. Yeah, his line was, these pretzels are making me thirsty. That was his big line in Annie Hall. Okay. And let's not forget uh, Jeffrey Dahmer's amazing turn as the star of the Milagro Beanfield War. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it, when it comes to serial killers, advantage Chang Pang, advantage Changi. Yeah. He made it into a movie. So the movie, An Old Man and His Dog, comes out in 1993. Huge hit in China. Massive hit. People love it. Well-reviewed. Wins a ton of awards. It currently has a 7.8 out of 10 on IMDb, which is definitely a better score than Recep Eva Deke 7. <laughs> Wow. Our podcast, is, our podcast is big in Turkey because we keep mentioning the Recep Eva Deke franchise. Yeah. It is it has now been over a year that we have been discussing Recep Eva Deke. We're gonna have to watch one or two. Eventually, yeah. So cut to it's nineteen ninety-five and Changi's wife is all I'm starting to get suspicious about shit. So she calls the police and the police are all like, okay, I guess we better investigate. And and so knock on the door. Knock, knock, knock. Cheggy answers. Hi, how you doing? And it's like, hello, Mr. Peng. It's us, the police from whatever this town is in China. Uh, oh, what are you doing here? Oh, well, we just have a we got a call about some some suspicious shit going on, and we just need to take a look around your the premises. 
And Shangy goes, oh, okay, well, I, I have a business here I'm running. Is it okay if, you know, I, I tend to my work while you're looking around? And the police are like, oh, yeah, we'll be in and out. We just have to take a look around. We know you're a respected businessman. So it's fine. You can wander around the house, do whatever you need to do. We're just going to take a look around your place and then leave. And it's like, okay, cool. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go uh, and work on my dogs. And it's like, yeah, you go ahead. You're a respected person in this town. You were in that movie. Yeah. Huge deal. You go ahead and uh, work on your dogs, and we'll just take a look around the house. And Chenyi goes, okay. So he goes to the backyard. He goes to the kennel. He climbs the kennel. He jumps off of the roof of the kennel. Next thing you know, he's running through the neighborhood away from the house. And the police are like, huh, looks like uh, he's climbed on top of that kennel and he's okay. He's out of the yard. Okay. He's running away. Well, I guess he was just busy or something. Maybe he was late for a meeting. It's fine. Yeah. Let's not make a deal about it. He's a respected businessman. You know, let's uh, let's just take a look around, and, and then we can go back to the precinct. And, uh, huh, seems to be a lot of shotguns here. And a lot of bloodstains. Well, shit. <laughs> so they, they call some people. They start digging up the backyard. There's a body there. There's a body there. There's a foot. There's an arm. Uh, they find a shit ton of people parts. And uh, the head of police, whom in my mind is uh, J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah. It's like, so what happened? To so Cheng Peng is a murderer. I can't believe it. Uh, it's a good thing you arrested him. Uh, yeah. The thing about that is he is long gone. Okay. We kind of sort of just let him wander around while we were. Yeah. That's our bad. Uh. Yeah, we didn't arrest him. We kind of let him go. So Changi's on the run. And seriously, the adventures he gets into while on the lamb. See, I like to I like path. to picture I like to picture here, you know, he's outside, he's training his dogs. The cops whoever come, they he go, all right, and they go inside and they go to look and investigate. And then he turns and he starts running so fast that he's not moving at first. And there's just dust building up along his feet. And yeah. then he goes, Vroom! Yeah. <laughs> like uh, all Looney Tunes style. But he is, he is gone for like six months. On the lamb and going to different towns and getting into adventures. At one point in time, he gets a job as an apprentice to someone. Like, like it's a whole shap in and of itself, him, uh, this Chinese serial killer being on the lam. But yada, 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 Chengi is arrested. The get-along gang, the, the giggle fits are arrested. And Chengi is basically laughing at police. And he's like, oh, yeah. Uh, the police are like, don't you feel bad about what you did? I don't. Well, you will face a reckoning from God upon your death i fear god does not exist i fear no god and you know he's he's just having a blast and eventually he he basically says ha 
Good luck finding out how many people I killed. I fed most of the bodies to my dogs. Oh. Yeah, so remember how I said the serial killer and his dogs were both killed? Apparently, Chengy would dismember the bodies, and oftentimes he would just get, like, here's a hand, here's a foot, here's a torso, and feed it to his dogs, including the four who starred in the award-winning 1993 Chinese drama An Old Man and His Dog. Okay. An old man and his dog who ate people. So in September of 1995, Cheng Peng was killed as well as his main accomplice, and they put down all four of the dogs. Oh. Who starred in the film. And I think that's kind of fucked up, right? They were it's kind of the, accomplices, though. I don't know. You know. It's, not their, it's not the dog's fault that they were fed body parts and ate body parts. I, 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 don't, I don't know, but isn't there like a theory like once an animal like a dog tastes human flesh and they're kind of like addicted to it? I, like, I don't know if that's real or some urban legend horse shit or something like that. What was the name of the movie? Where they put humans in cat food and cats start attacking people. Real shitty movie. Oh, I don't know. Was that uh was that just corpse grinders? That's I think it, it was it's corpse, corpse grinders. grinders. Yeah. yeah, the corpse grinders. Love that stupid movie. And and so here's this award winning Chinese film. Not only is there a serial killer in it. But dogs, but dogs that ate humans starred in the film. And so, even though the movie was an award-winning drama, the Chinese government banned the film for over 20 years. Wow. Only recently allowing it to be removed from the Disney vault. Isn't that something? Yeah. That is fascinating to me this is an award-winning film it's like if we learned that one of the uh one of the little people from the wizard of oz yeah had todd browning's freaked a woman say that again it, it I was thinking, like, hey, what if, what if the Munchkins from The Wizard of Oz pulled a freaks on some woman, a Todd Browning's freaks? They all got together, yeah. the human torso and Johnny Eck and the pinheads, and they made yeah. a, a a woman into like a into like a a bird person. Well, you know, rumor has it that those were some tough ass Munchkins. I never saw that, or maybe I did, and I just don't remember it. That movie Chevy Chase did about the Munchkins, Over the Rainbow with Carrie Fisher. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I maybe I saw it and I just forgot it, but man, that movie was a trip. I think. I saw it I, not too long ago. I saw it when yep. I came out, and I thought it was a really good movie. Uh. I found it really entertaining. I thought it was funny and all that. And I watched it not too terribly long ago. 
and I was like, eh. Yeah. Like I, it's okay. It's okay. But overall, just eh. Yeah, last Christmas, my family got me a DVD of Heartbeats. Oh wow. And it's like, I saw that in theaters when it came out. And I was super young, but I saw it in theaters. And I do not have the heart to open up that DVD and watch the movie. Uh, uh, from everything I've heard, don't. Because I remember liking Pleasant it when I was like memories three, are too hard to find. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I can watch it now. Like, uh, I am so sorry I've ever gone back in as an adult and yeah. tried to watch an Elvis movie. Oh, yeah. I yeah. used to fucking love the Elvis movies when I was a kid and thought he was... He was literally cooler than Fonzie. He was the only one who was cooler than Fonzie. Yeah. Was Elvis and oh my god! Like I even tried watching Blue Hawaii, which is the one that gets <laughs> his biggest critical acclaim, and it's just like, oh, I can't do this. Clam bake, gonna have a clam bake. And I really, really think that a big problem with it is that these movies are so fucking white. They're insane. It, it it is just it is just like Blue Hawaii is like white man paradise. Like Yeah. Rich men from the dole industry and it's just, oh oh <laughs> Yeah. So so that's it for Steve. So so if you have a childhood memory, leave it the fuck alone. Yep. Absolutely. I am fine with that. I haven't watched uh, the never-ending story since I was in my 20s. Yeah. I have no interest in watching that movie again. Maybe I ate it already. Okay, never mind. Uh, so that's it for Steve's historic approximations this week. I like the idea of a serial killer accidentally making it into a movie in between uh, murders five and six. Yes. I think that's pretty neat that this movie was banned for over twenty years because of a serial killer and his his uh human eating dogs. Well, I think that's kind of like spotting a kill a serial killer in media. Because really, even the dating game yeah. is fucking cool. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's as close as we're going to get. The spotting Doctor Who. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's as close as we're going to get. But they're going to yeah. pop up in weird places. <laughs> but really, where can you put a serial killer that it's not, that it's not, like, what if you had pictures of him at a museum? That would be fucked up too. Like, <gasps> Yeah. The serial killer at the museum. 
Yeah. That's funny. But it's fun. So, that, so that's it for Steve's historic approximations this week. Be sure and join us next time for more educationally uneducational fun with Steve's historic approximations. And cut on that. Funny, it's almost time to talk about this week's movie and uh yeah it's almost time for dicks out for harambe <laughs> yes. so that's exciting dicks out for harambe dicks out for harambe again dicks out for I, harambe I, I i i am i you know this movie may potentially make this summer have been worth it this in 2025. Yeah, yeah, 2025. World in play. Completely different vibe, though. But, yeah. uh... I, I, I'm, oh. I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about this. Yeah, me movie. too. <laughs> so, uh, this week's movie is the 2021 uh, bizarre existential comedy uh, coronavirus conspiracy and we're going to yeah. be taking a short break and then when we come back we're going to be discussing this movie and uh, the master chef and, and Geico commercials yes and uh, Harambe we're going to be talking about Harambe so yes. uh we will be right back. Did we? We got a ten-minute warning. Yeah, we have about two minutes left. We might as well just get on to it. And I gotta pee. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay. We will be right back with more of the Popon film after this. Do 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 and break. Hollywood couple. My name is John Johnson, but everyone here calls me Vicky. 
Andre the Giant, we hardly knew ye. What's up, y'all? Bill McNeil saying there's a party all up in here and you need to get with the flow. Oh, yeah, Rocket Fuel Malt Liquor's got the heavyweight power, whether you got the EOTs to rip it up to some fat booty beats or just chill with the honeys. So get on the rocket and see the stars. Rocket Fuel Malt Liquor. Damn! <laughs> The Erotic Adventures of Hercules. Close it up, close it up, close it up. You don't scare me. I got chunks of guys like you in my stool. Now this is something the other tour guides will tell you. Seasons came and changed the time. The murder of Phil Hartman. Dig your own grave and save. Have you ever heard the expression, when life gives you lemons, make lemonade, and then toss it in the face of the person who gave you the lemons until they give you the oranges you asked for in the first place? In this particular cell block, Machine Gun Kelly had what we call in the prison system a bitch. And one night, in a jealous rage, Kelly took a makeshift knife for Shiv and cut out the bitch's eyes. Did somebody say sassy? This way to the cafeteria. Jim Powered, today we mourn a stooge. Bryn pointed the gun at Phil and fired three shots. I, I should want to cook him a simple meal, but I shouldn't want to cut into him, to tear the flesh, to wear the flesh, to be born unto new worlds where his flesh becomes my key. And as if this wasn't enough retribution for Kelly, the next day he and four other inmates took turns hissing into the bitch's ocular cavities. That's right! I never thought of that one! Oh, women! No, women! 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 Dame! Say! Women! 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 Moments later, Bryn picked up a second gun and lay down next to the body of her husband. She held the weapon to her own head and pulled the trigger.
reflection from the sky And all the worlds are empty Our cups have all run dry And there's nothing left to steal from me I've got nothing left to hide I've got nothing left to hide Child's world robbed of joy by a 
secret conspiracy of suspicion and fear, dwelling like a lodger in the mind, insinuating its presence into every heartbeat, holding a black light to the dreams of childhood, forcing the will into blind canyons of loneliness and despair, a stolen life, pawned to a godless oblivion. left to mourn, the last witnesses to the execution, suspended in time by a puppeteer with blood on his hands, little broken dolls that go on dancing after the music has stopped. Three. Mm. Judge me by my size, do you? Mm. My penis you have not seen. Huge it is. Mm. Yes. Suck it, you will. Mm. Where are you? Are you safe? I'm at home. Where are you? Swab. What? Swab. What are you doing with me? There's a virus, Zookeeper. I'm keeping you safe. For now. You tell me what's happening right this second. Wrong question. You want to understand everything? Why don't you let me ask you some questions, huh? Where did it all start? Tell me your crimes! Confess your crimes! <sighs> you think this was the Chinese government or something that they released this on purpose? Because I didn't do anything! Confess, you keeper, confess! I need to think bigger, you know? Where do you think it all began? Come on, all of it. Confess! 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 Ah! It's all happening for a reason. Whatever you're doing, stop. Just let me go. Let me out of here. Get back, 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 okay. World's gonna end. You can't kidnap somebody just because there's a safer at home order. Have you forgotten who has the gun here? I'm a hero! That's a liar! What the f***? I don't want to be in here anymore. Tough sh And we're back with more of the Pope on Film. It's time, Bunny. 
I was a little late for break, but I'm sorry. It was Oogie Loves on a meat hook, and that yeah. was the exact amount of high for that to come <laughs> up right That's then. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, yes, funny, my friend, it is time once again for all of us here at the Pope on Film Podcast to ramble on to the second half of the show. And it is said third, it is said second half wherein we finally and eventually get around to discussing our all natural, non GMO, all organic movie of the week. And this week, we continue our summer long look at hastily made COVID exploitation films with a look at what is no doubt the fucking weirdest one that we have seen yet. Yes. Our seventh. Corona-themed B-movie, the 2021 existential comedy, Coronavirus Conspiracy. Horrible name. Horrible name for a film. I was worried about it because when the title... It's the same as everything else in this whole fucking genre. It's just a gotcha title to get you into the movie. And pretty much the same with coronavirus itself. This movie is not about the coronavirus. Not at all. Uh, But before we get into it, let's bust out some stats. 2021 film written and directed by a guy called James Sunshine. Yes. This is his only feature film. He's usually a producer and a story producer. He has worked on MasterChef, Big Brother, Hell's Kitchen, and WWE's reality show Total Divas, back when noted sexual deviant Vincent Kennedy McMahon wanted women to be pretty instead of actual wrestlers. Yes. Uh, which one's MasterChef? I don't. I don't know. I don't know if I've ever seen any like cooking reality shows. Other than SNL skits. Well, there was the Iron Chef. I never saw that. Never saw I saw some of what? Yeah, the one where Gordon Ramsay tries to save restaurants. I have accidentally seen a couple of episodes of that. I can't stand that guy. Yeah. This is fucking stupid. Yeah, I don't like that guy. Yeah. So, okay. So, coronavirus conspiracy. There's basically only two people in this whole movie. A retired zookeeper. Who, for a while, I thought was the same person. Yeah. I had a suspicion. For That's a good. few reasons, was, but, but go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, there is no way for anyone to uh, know where the movie goes when you just start the film, you know? Yeah. So there's only two people in the film, a retired zookeeper and an, an insane economist with a look that can best be described as into the Bunny Williams verse. Yes. It it scared me a bit. <laughs> just how much. Uh, he looked like you. So the two guys, we we never learned the their character names. They never say it. 
No, they're just the ecologist and uh, the zookeeper. Yeah. So uh, I would be remiss if I didn't mention this. The two guys who are basically the only two people in the movie, they're both the original Geico cavemen. Both of them? Yes, from the oh. commercial, not the TV show. From the from Ooh. the commercial. They were the two Geico cavemen and see a uh, James Sunshine also did a lot of commercials. I believe he did the Geico cavemen commercials. And so these are basically his two buddies. They made a TV show based on a Geico commercial. Yes. 15 episodes made in 2007 before being canceled in 2008. <clears throat> it went from commercial to TV show. During Shaft, I mentioned a TV show from the 80s called The Get Along Gang. Yeah. It was a series of animals that were originally created sp- solely for kids' greeting cards. Yeah. So it went from greeting card mascot to cartoon for kids. And that's about as weird as Geico commercial turned sitcom. I I remember when Murphs were just little cheap statuettes that were popular in my high school year because they had a lot of them. And they would have like oh. you would find them in stationary <clears throat> stores mostly, yeah, and things like that. They would be on the counter, and you would have a sports Smurf. And you're in high school, you know, people who are into sports, so maybe you'd get them a sports Smurf or a love Smurf oh. or a Smurf for all occasions. <laughs> That's fascinating. How and odd. then they became a cartoon. I was like, they're making a cartoon out of the fucking Smurfs? Huh. That is fascinating. That is absolutely fascinating. Like, every generation has had something like that. You know? Right then it was Smurfs, or if it's Beanie Babies, or what the fuck is it now? NFTs? Who the fuck knows? Or previous to that, there were those, like, stone statues that were plastic and had sand in them. And they would say things like, world's greatest dad, all, you know, all that kind of stuff. Or, I I love you this much, or... Yeah. Okay, Maxwell. Where were we when I derailed us? Uh, we were talking hey, about Maxwell. the Geico caveman. What are you talking about? This is me, Malin, your normal podcast host, talking in a not at all weird way. Okay, and this is how I talk. <laughs> okay, so a uh, fun fact about the Geico caveman TV show since these two guys in this movie were the Geico cavemen. There was a character named Diane who was in three episodes of the Cavemen TV show. Yeah. Uh, We now know her as Flo, the progressive lady. Really? 
Yeah. It's weird to think that she had a character on a TV show, but we know her more from progressive ads. Yes. That's fascinating. What other bizarre spinoffs are out there? Bizarre. So like movie, like, like something that's like a TV show based on blank. Oh, I know. What? Um, there's a net. There is a Netflix TV series that's coming. That's based off of the odd ones out. Based on like that, that the YouTuber's Netflix. getting a TV show on Netflix. Yeah, he's getting a TV huh. show on Netflix. And it's animated. Oh, I I didn't know he was getting a TV show. That's awesome. I like the odd one is out. Odd ones. Pretty sure. Well, that's interesting. I found that out from uh watching a video of his, and it was, and he said it himself. Good job, Maxwell. Ten points to Slytherin. Certainly, certainly, Pac Man. Pac Man. Yeah, that's one. Oh yeah, there's many. I, I, I don't know if we want to count things like, I don't know, He-Man or Transformers, things but were basically commercials for toys. I, I'm, I'm still weirded out about the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Oh, well, they're interesting. I, I, I still find it fascinating that like a company bought the rights to a jet. Basically, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers was a kid-friendly serious attempt at what's up tiger lily kind of yeah or uh corona zombie that that would be a better yeah version of it bunny i uh according to the av club i and i quote Everything about this movie screams pre-existing script retrofitted to incorporate the pandemic as a marketing gimmick. Your thoughts, oh, good sir. Fuck yeah. But you know what? They deserve it. Yeah. It's a good script. It is. But you know, I mean, script. if you're talking about like what parts exactly would you think the original script would be? You know, what tragedies would they follow back? Were they just able to add a tragedy to an existing script? Probably. I mean, that would be really fucking easy, you know, but like, if it's about a series of tragedies, then adding one more, I don't see such a harm in it. I don't see it as much of a retrofit. Yeah. The, the, when I was watching a song. Was that you broke up a little? When, when I first saw it, the first 10 minutes of the film, I thought I was watching a song. I, I thought I, we were doing the Summer of Saw again. Well, since you bring it up, okay, there's a lot. I highly recommend everybody watch this movie, okay? Yes, but absolutely. I love this movie. It's a flawed movie. That opening was fucking horrible. You know, it, you're in chains. Hurt. How about a sense of fucking urgency here? 
for a good portion of the film, you can the lighting is just absolute shit. Yeah. For a lot of it, you're not you're barely seeing the film. And that was some, and that was just some bad acting. Oh yeah, you know you're in chains, and really, come on, chain is not that expensive. Get some fucking decent chain. Yeah. What is uh, that? Are you gonna hang up a chandelier with that? Yeah. So this film was made during the thick of the pandemic. We're talking summer 2020. And while we're on the subject of the pandemic, if I ever have grandkids and great-grandkids and they say, uh, what was the lockdown like? I'm just going to play the song Flowers on the Wall by the Statler Brothers. Okay. Because that song's from, like, what, the 70s? It does a pretty good job of explaining lockdown life. Okay. Counting flowers on the wall. Playing solitaire till dawn. Smoking cigarettes. Watching oh, Captain Kangaroo. I had last that on the Pulp I, Fiction soundtrack. Last night I yeah. dressed in tails pretending I was on the town. Like, oh, yeah, that's... That, lockdown vibe yeah okay good call thank you that i every time i hear that song it ever since the pandemic happened if i hear that song it just hits differently because it's like oh yeah that was me that was me locked up going insane wearing a kangaroo outfit (laughs) anywho this movie was filmed during lockdown and you can freaking tell it's one of the most socially distanced comedies that I've seen since How It Ends. Yes. Which I have loved so much. For anyone who is watching or listening, if you haven't seen the comedy How It Ends, uh, we covered it in episode number 426. Uh, You really should go watch How It Ends. It's amazing. And it, it was also a good episode, episode and again, like I said, I walked in and I was I was kind of afraid of this movie, which was okay. Oh, you froze up. Sorry. Oh, okay. Okay, again. there you go. Okay, okay. So, so like I, I mean, even walking in, I was kind of afraid of this movie, but uh, and looking at at the guy, the zookeeper, like. He was really wearing too much rouge. And mm. with the scarf he was wearing, I was like, are we about to, about to get into some weird transphobic territory here? You know? I was worried that it was... I was worried that it was like a like an anti-coronavirus like propaganda film. That's what I was worried about. Yeah. Well, that with it, sure. Um, yeah, but but then it, but but then there were clear indications that he was supposed to be a man. I think he even said, "I'm a guy" for some reason. Yeah, you know, and I was like, "Okay, so why are you wearing so much rouge?" So you actually hired a makeup person, or there was a makeup person for this movie who didn't really know how to make how to do makeup for a movie. 
Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Because he clearly had too much rouge on. Yeah. And then I, I, it got me sort of thinking how radically different one guy looked from the other. Yeah. And I started, and and they never got close in frame when they were acting. Yep. One was always to one side of the screen. One was always to the other side of the screen. Nobody walked behind the other one. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah, I noticed all that. So I thought they were going to do some weird face-off thing where it was actually the same actor with both parts and like, yeah, it's kind of a stretch now that I look at it a little more seriously, you know? And I was like... Funny, are you there? Yeah. Did you cut out? No, I got you now. Oh, okay. Oh, we're traveling again. Yes. You look like you're gliding. It, I look like I'm what? Gliding. Oh, nice. So I thought they were going to... Okay. We're in my bedroom where the magic happens. Okay. So, my wife has one of those weighted blankets. I hate them. Yeah. I hate them. Absolutely hate weighted blankets. So I thought they were going to turn into the same person somewhere in yeah. the movie. That was one theory. The second theory is one or both are suffering from cabin fever due to the lockdown. Yeah. That's another, that's a good theory. Yet it turned out to be fucking stranger than that. Stranger than that. Absolutely and, and strange. I appreciate it. Good job, movie. So the opening really sucked. Uh, yeah. The ending was really pretty problematic. You can kind of tell that they didn't have the material for the full hour and 25 minutes. Yeah. You know, and they were really stretching it at the end. So it, got, it gets a little long in the tooth in the end, I found. But overall, I had a lot of fucking fun. Okay, uh, Maxwell, I love you. Cool. Can you leave the room for a sec, for for a little bit, for about a minute or two, and then you can come right back. Okay. Okay, Bunny, we're gonna talk about Ram Ranch. Okay. Okay. Uh, I know. I know about. Well, where did he come up in the movie first? Because I, I know I heard it, but... Uh, one of the reboots, the national anthem is Ram Ranch. Oh, yes. Okay, yeah. Ram Ranch is a podcast. It's usually about six to eight to ten minutes long. Okay. And it's nothing but highly descriptive gay porn. Okay. 
but it's done in like a comedy way. And it's this guy with this weird ass voice. And it's just, uh, and he focuses on a lot of the same people. What was it? Is it Andrew or Edward? I don't know. Prince Harry. Prince Harry. There you go. Prince Harry, 18 hard cocks, slurping <laughs> them down. Ram Ranch, Ram Ranch boys, naked ranch hands, fucking and sucking and fucking and sucking. <laughs> Prince Harry, up and, down, up, and up, down. And up and down, up and down, up and down. Ride them cocks, boys. Up and down, up and down, up and down. Ram Ranch really rocks. Prince Harry, 18 12 inch black cocks it's really fucking bizarre and i had never heard of it until aaron from game grumps for some reason lately has been obsessed with ram ranch and he'll be playing some sonic game or a mario game and suddenly he'll just be a mario sonic 18 ram ranch boys rock hard cocks <laughs> and so i had never I had never heard of Ram Ranch until they mentioned it. And now it, it's you can hear them on YouTube. You can hear them anywhere. Just search Ram Ranch and you'll find all this bizarre gay porn. It's really weird. And they play like a like really horrible porn music in the background. And sometimes they'll be they'll be doing like porn sound effects. It's really weird. Yeah, and I I I learned about it about a week before I saw this film, and in the film, they in the absolute best part with all of the different uh, Earths, yes, the different uh, realities. One of them, the uh, Pledge of Allegiance, is it, was that it? The National, National anthem. anthem was Ram Ranch, and I was really <laughs> excited to be able to discuss Danhausen and Ram Ranch in one episode of the podcast. Yes. It's really amazing. Did I play you a Ram Ranch or two? No, but you but I've, explained it in such detail. In I such great like detail. Yeah. Okay. Plenty of it. After this, we can listen to a few Ram Ranches. You know, I mean... Because I know you'll want to, so... Because it's art. It really is just... It's art. And I know you care about art. Do I? You do. When? Since since forever, since I've known you, since you married me, a work of art. That's smooth, babe. Thanks. Thanks. Smooth like diarrhea. That's, <laughs> that's me. I I the thing is is that this movie is so is Halfway into this film, it takes such a bizarre, weird, wonderful turn that, like, I don't want to ruin it. Oh, it's yeah. That's how that's how bizarre of a turn this movie takes. I don't want to spoil what it is, but fucking Harambe, 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 and memes. <laughs> this movie is amazing. It is a very funny movie. It, it really hits a high mark in a lot of different spots. Uh, it 
is continually not what you think it is. I, I could say one thing that it kind of sort of is. Or would hmm. that be... Yeah, no, I don't think it. it would be too big of a hint. There was a okay. movie called Nothing, which was a Canadian movie, which had the guy from Cube and later some of the Stargate uh, TV shows. I forget what they were. And yeah. it was just him and his roommate who woke up in their... Well, they had a little house in the city. It looked correct. One of those strange little areas that still had houses in the city. I don't know if you've ever yeah. seen them, but this was a Canadian movie, and they opened up their door, and they noticed, like, the horizon was gone. Mm. It was just white. And as the movie progressed, the white started getting closer and closer, and it started eating up the house until it was finally the two of them in a completely white space. Hmm. And it was called Nothing. I'm pretty sure it was called Nothing. But, uh... Oh, I'll have to look for that. You know what's a great this, movie? It's this beautiful. is the closest comparison to this movie that I can think of. Yeah. I I, I think that yeah. if, if I could compare it... I can't see when I were in 30 minutes. 2003. My wife Googled it. 2003, comedy fantasy. No. What's this? Oh, oh, your movie. Nothing. Oh, nothing is a 2003 Canadian philosophical comedy drama. Wow, that's a lot. And it's rated R. It's rated R. Yes. Hmm. This is this has a again, it's like the closest comparison. No, not really quite the same, but there's a certain similarity. I mean, having seen specific scenes in the movie and looking at the poster for nothing, yes. No. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I like to think that uh uh, that this is without a doubt the the best COVID exploitation film we have seen so far this summer. Yeah. Well, again, for one, it was barely about coronavirus. Yeah. Yeah. You know. But next week, uh, in the next episode of the podcast, we're doing we're doing the big one, the big budget one with Demi Moore. Oh. It was produced by Michael Bay. He didn't. He was the executive producer. He didn't write it or direct it, but every but once the movie came out, everyone said the same thing. Oh, great! Michael Bay made the coronavirus movie. <laughs> okay. So it's big budget, and it stars Archie, and that's the movie Songbird. I've never seen it before, but it's supposed to be absolute shit. Made during lockdown. Okay. Uh, so that's what we're watching next week. It, it's so, so definitely going to be down. 
And do you from. realize that that would be the second time, the second time that Archie has appeared on this podcast? Isn't that crazy? Yeah. AJ Appa. Yeah. Is the actor's name. We did it here, and we, we did that Christian movie. Yeah, that one where he's a singer or something? Yeah. Yeah, I vaguely remember that. That's all it deserves. Yeah. You're so impressed at what? I somehow spilled water last night, and none of it got on any of the electronics. Nice. Like, Good job, honey. But, yeah. You're a great water spiller. Hmm. I am so tired. I am so tired. <laughs> so, so this movie, I don't have anything else. I've been off book for quite a while. Yeah. Uh, this movie is amazing. It's funny. It, it is shit. Yes. To be clear, it is a shitty film, and the acting is bad, and the lighting is non-existent, and the camera work is the camera's there. Yeah, but it is like low budget. But halfway through it, it takes a turn that's so batshit insane. And there's a lead up to the end. The end really is sort of they wrote themselves into a hole and they decide to, you. They just end the movie. Yeah, they just end it. It's the same problem I had with the movie yesterday. It's a great premise and it goes really high, really high, and then it's like shit. I don't know how to end this film. Let's just end it. Yeah. Very abrupt. But it gets so crazy wacky that you can't help but love this movie. And I absolutely love this. I am shocked that this is the director's only film. Yes. Well, so because far, he's, he's probably going to get so something far. else. Because this is an incredible movie and everyone should watch it. The turn that it takes is insane. I keep looking at this poster and thinking that it's you. <laughs> I have done this a couple of times. <laughs> I mean, do you see him? Do you see Bunny? What? Two bunnies? Which one do I shoot? <laughs> That's amazing. I'm currently, speaking of Canada, I am currently, I decided that before I watch the new season of Kids in the Hall. Yeah. I have to watch all of the original Kids in the Hall. And then I have to watch Brain Candy for the 50th time. And then I have to watch their miniseries, Kids in the Hall, Death Comes to Town. And then I can watch the new season of Kids in the Hall. So I'm currently at season three, episode 12. And it's wonderful. It brings me so much joy to be watching Kids in the Hall again. Good. Good. So nice. I've been balls deep into Canadian uh, into Canadian life. I even started watching this documentary about the Kids in the Hall. Yeah. It's on Amazon Prime called Comedy Punks. Really? One of them, one of them says this great thing that like... Uh, we thought we were going to be Nirvana, but instead we were Sonic Youth. <laughs> in that, like, oh, yeah, everybody loves the kids in the hall. And, oh, you're so influential. And you've changed comedy. And also, you didn't make a nickel. Yeah. So, 
very much Sonic Youth instead of Nirvana. Anyway, everyone should watch this film. I don't know where you would find this film. I I don't know exactly where you would find this film either. It's it's out there somewhere. Start with their IMD page. Yeah. But this is an incredible movie starring two former cavemen. Geico cavemen. Yes. So weird. (laughs) That they made a TV show based on a Geico insurance commercial. That's bizarre. Yes. That is weird. Yes, it is. Series of commercials. Yeah. But next week, but but Bunny and I both highly suggest that uh, you should go and watch this movie. Next week, it is our next to last uh, summer of COVID exploitation episode. We will be watching the uh, big budget, star studded cast COVID exploitation film Songbird, starring uh, Archie from Riverdale and Demi Moore for some reason. <laughs> And I think Timothy Busfield is in it. Oh, God. I think. From 30-something. I met him a couple of times. Yes, you had mentioned that. Yeah. But nobody remembers him anymore. That you were buds with the Busfield. Yeah. That's my new... I'm going to pitch him a sitcom. Yeah. That's, that's what, what it's going to be called. Did you know that Alvin from Alvin and the Chipmunks wears that he wears that A on his shirt because he's an adulterer? It's a fact. Okay. Yeah. It, I, I it, it's I called the furry A. He's got some the furry letter. Because uh, Tammy Wynette sang Stand By Your Man with Britney the Chipmunk after she caught Alvin looking at another girl. So it tracks. Like, we got some we got some lore on it. Alvin and the Chipmunks lore? Yeah. That's where our podcast has gone. Yes. I'm not entirely sure why, but somehow it makes sense in an episode where we're discussing the movie The Coronavirus Conspiracy. Might as well. We might have to make a meme out of it. Yeah. So, so next week... Next episode, we're doing Songbird. Uh, I'm pretty sure this is going to be horrible. It got atrocious reviews. Uh, it's like a it, it's a film in the future. It's kind of like 2025 with a budget. Yeah, yeah. It 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 sounds like another level of horrible. Yeah, but. We have to we have to pay penance for this week's movie, which was a lot of fun. So, and then uh, after that, we're watching Virus Shark, and so that should be hopefully a good ending. Virus I just got Shark. A copy, I just got a copy of Sharkula. I'm so excited. Okay. What? Chipmunks record label? Oh yeah, they released a ton of music i've learned really yeah yeah there's 37 albums there's 37 chipmunk albums yeah 37 chipmunk albums 
Chipmunk Punk. Yeah. Yeah. I Very love us. I love all of you guys. Urban Chipmunk? Oh my God, do I want to know? Uh, Bunny. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting highly distracted by my wife's amazingness. I love you. Urban Chipmunk? Buddy. Oh, I'm going to trash down mouth to wrap this up. That's what I'm going to do. So, uh, uh, so that's our next episode. But now that I'm looking back at this episode, the highs, the lows, the ups, the downs, the Chinese serial killers, uh, Dan Housen, I got to say, I think this had, this has been a, a pretty good episode, a fairly this, this has been a damn good episode. Out there. Uh, you know what? I agree with you. I didn't want to, you know, step on your toes or anything. But yes, I concur. You're a good singer. Okay, you're just breaking Funny, up a little there. Funny. I can hear you. You're not moving, though. I think it's on the walk. Okay, there, we there go. you go. Okay. Okay. So until next week, I am Bunny Williams. With your good sir. And I am May Lynn. And on behalf of Natasha and Maxwell and everybody else, I just want to say thanks for listening. And we will see you next week. You, it froze again. Dang it. Maybe, maybe next week we won't use the phone. I think that's what. I have learned. Yes. Uh, still frozen. There you go. Okay. Maybe next week I won't use the phone. This has been an interesting experiment. But, okay. Uh, on behalf of Natasha and Maxwell and everybody, I just want to say thanks for listening. And we will see you next week, you godless heathens. You drop on the poopy tent. There you go. And you, and you corona conspiracies. Thanks. Do 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 do